where you and I can connect. It's a show that embraces a 360-degree look at womanhood. It's our voice, our perspective. It's what we care about, and it's how we feel. Empowerment through conversation is what it is. This is Full Circle. Family, welcome to another edition of Full Circle. I am so happy to be in the building with you today for another episode of Full Circle. Have a very important episode today for you business owners, whether you're a small business owner or you own a larger business, this show is for you. I've got Regina Ruffin in the house. She is owner and president of Assertive Risk Management Solutions, LLC. She is a seasoned industry professional, well-versed in strategic risk management, insurance, loss control, and claims management. Regina has 25 years of leadership expertise, fundamental for oversight of an organizational organization's operational functionality. I haven't had coffee this morning, Regina. That's what it is. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But you know what? doesn't matter, family, because she is here. She will introduce herself, talk about her background. The reason why the topic of risk and risk management is so important to business owners. So we're going to dig into all of that. If you or someone you know has a small business or a business, a larger business, but you know, typically larger businesses know about risk and risk management. I really want to focus on like the medium and smaller businesses because there are things that we may not consider as business owner. I'm a business owner as well. And, you know, even though I do coaching, I, you know, I was told like you have to have insurance it's called errors and omissions insurance. And I was like, Oh really? Like I'm just coaching people like there, you know, but you never know. We do live in a very litigious society, litigious society. (laughs) Absolutely. Ms. Wanda. And so, yeah. So, you know, small, medium business owners, if you're thinking about starting a business, this is something that you definitely need to consider. So grab your pen and paper, grab your tablet, your notebook, whatever it is, sit down and tune into today's show. So without further ado, I am welcoming my friend to the show, Regina Ruffin. Thank you, Ms. Wanda. (laughs) I surely appreciate you allowing me to have a little bit of your, your time, your audience's time. To just talk about this important topic. I yeah. mean, it is one that sometimes people run from because mm-hmm. it's it's unknown. It's a question mark as to why do I need this or maybe I can wait. And so hopefully today we can kind of dive into it a little bit deeper and, and express why it's so important for people to explore this as a valuable part of their business expense. As we start off every show, always like to have the guests introduce themselves to the Full Circle family. So tell us a little bit about who is Miss Regina Ruffin with the fly green boots on today, y'all. Well, you know, I didn't know if we were going to be seen. You know, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. That's right. That's what I was taught. But I am a Midwest native by way of Chicago. So go Chicago Bulls. I am now a Sacramento transplant. I've made this my second and uh, hopefully my final home. I love it here. I mean, for crying out loud, who wants to shovel snow? Right. So that is one of the reasons that brought me here besides the city of trees and all my lovely associates and friends that I have made. So that's how I got here. Chicago is an insurance hub. And so I find that when you get into other areas of the country, insurance is important. Absolutely. Everyone and everything has insurance, whether we know it or not. 
But when you get outside of the larger cities like your New York's or your Chicago's or even your L.A.'s, you know, there's a need to have this conversation about insurance in, in more detail because it's not as prevalent. So that brought me to this space to kind of talk about what I do, how I can help people. And, and I love it. I have, as you mentioned, been doing insurance for like 25 years, and I've been doing it for corporate America. Mm -hmm. So my nine to five is what I've been doing in all capacities. So overall risk management, loss control, claims management, and we could talk about what some of those things are and how they're relevant to uh, all companies. And I just noticed that there are so many of the moderate-sized businesses, some of our smaller businesses or micro-businesses, our entrepreneurs who are trying to step out and brand themselves didn't really know about what they needed. And mm -hmm. so coming from a larger environment, I have watched businesses that had to close up because wow. something happened and they weren't protected. I mean, we've all had our favorite chicken joint mm -hmm. and we find out that it's closed because they had a kitchen fire and they didn't have insurance. Mm. So they did not have the adequate funds. I mean, I, I, I'm sure a lot of people, all the listeners here, we don't have thousands and thousands of dollars just on standby. So if something burns up or we have to rebuild, we all wanna preserve our money and spend wisely. And so that's where investing in insurance and having proper risk management so you know what your risks are is future business planning. I like that, and we're gonna dig into that in a minute, but I'm gonna take a detour because one of the things that we have in common is that we're mom to a wonderful young man, right? <laughs> not, we're not mom to the same young man. <laughs> that sounded like we were the, the mom of the same person, but we both have raised a young black man that's out there in the world doing things. So have your brag moment on your son because I know he'll appreciate that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know he's listening too because he called me last night. He's like, mom, I'm going to support you. Um, so I have the most amazing young son, young adult son. It's hard for me to call him a young adult. Yeah. It's hard for me to call him adult. So I always take that young on uh -huh. the front of it. He's like, mom, I'm just an adult. I'm like, all right. Um, you know, single mom. And he's watched me work hard for everything that we have, and, and we're truly blessed for it. And he's modeled himself after that, and I couldn't be prouder. He has his bachelor's, his master's. He's working on his Ph.D. He is living out in the Bay Area and his, living his best life, I must say. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. And he tells me often, Mom, we wouldn't be here if you didn't show me how to work so hard and to never take no for an answer. There's always a plan A, B, C, and sometimes D. And so, can I say his name? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Juwan, honey, I love you. I'm so proud of you. And um, yes, he wants to take over the family business. Good. So, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to have that legacy. And this is, it is another reason why we have insurance, so that we have a legacy for our family, for our children, our spouses. Yeah, so thank you for allowing me that moment. Absolutely, and shout out to you, Jawan. I've only met you once, but <laughs> I know that you, you know, being raised by Miss Regina, and I met your sister you yes. know, at your birthday party, so I know you come from good stock, and you're just out there doing amazing things. And one of the other reasons why I wanted to bring that up, too, is being that single mom and just encouraging our single moms and dads out there is that your children are looking. They're yes, watching. Absolutely. You are modeling behavior all the time, and so... When you have a passion and you follow that passion, you know, that's going to give that next generation the entrepreneurial spirit to Absolutely. like to know that they can do it. Right. You know, some right. of us don't come from entrepreneurial families, but some of us do. And, you know, seeing it modeled makes it less scary 
right to go out into the world and actually do the thing absolutely yeah no you're, you're totally right if yeah. if if mom can do it or if dad can do it maybe i can do it too absolutely so i'm very happy that he's listening in and, and i hope that everyone else is listening in and can gather something from our discussion today yeah yeah so we first met oh gosh must have been it's got to be like seven, seven years or ago. eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. When you lived, you lived in Sacramento. I, I did. You I were did. Part of Black Girls Run. We met then, and then you left and went back to Chicago. I did. And that is where Assertive Risk Management Solutions was born. Yes. We're going to talk about that in a moment, but I want to talk first about your journey back to California. So you left, you went back home to Chicago, and then you decided to come back to California. What was that transition like coming back to California after being gone for a short period of time? I know a lot of people say once you leave California, you can't come back, or when you come back, it's more difficult. Like, what was your experience coming back to California? It was much like people said. Uh, I mean, I heard that same thing, too. Uh, Once you leave, you might not ever make it back. And I'm like, oh, God. I, I literally <laughs> like, Lord, if you let me get back one more time, I promise I won't mess it up. I promise I won't mess it up. Um, but, yeah, there was a little bit of difficulty to return. You know, the housing market is at its peak. It was hard to even come back and get an apartment in that way. So it was like, okay, I can get back, but where will I live? How do I, you know snuggle back into my comfort zone. You know, I was working in the Bay Area, and I was like, whoa, this commute is mm -hmm. not for the faint of heart. So there was a little bit of a rocky road just to kind of get established back to the place that I was comfortable when we first met, which, you know, I kicked myself, but sometimes you don't know the path that you're being led on. And so I was very comfortable. All things were working great, but I didn't have my business. And so I left. I went back to comfortable environment, you know, my old stopping grounds, Chicago. I have family there, my sister and my brother, Renee and the guy. And that was great. But it wasn't the same. It was like this was my home. This is something that was tailored by me to fit me. And so as hard as it was, and my sister and I, we cried and cried and cried, but she knew I needed to come back. And we said, well, you know, that's what they make planes for. We'll just travel back and forth. Uh -huh. And in a way, I went, you know, I, I of course, I, because I'm a risk manager, I'm not going to just do anything yeah. <laughs> too risky. So I was like, well, let me make sure I have my jobs and everything lined up. And then I said, you know what? I don't have to rely on somebody else for this. I can do this myself. Mm. And so that was the birth. That was the birth. We were going through so much with COVID. I think there were a lot of tragedies that came out of COVID, but I'm a glass half full person. So I also saw a silver lining. And in that, we were slowed down in our daily norm, which I'm sure a lot of people can attest. We were all working fast, going fast, you know, gone all the time. Mm -hmm. We didn't sit at the table and eat. We didn't talk to one another. And COVID said, oh, I'm going to make you sit yeah. down. And so I was able to really fully think about what I wanted to do to fulfill my dreams. And that was help businesses that I've seen experience losses that were a result of not having insurance, not knowing what to do next, not knowing how to protect themselves in the event of a worst case scenario. Were you here when COVID happened or were you back in I Chicago? I was in Chicago. You were in Chicago. Yeah. So you were in Chicago, you were working, the world shuts down, mm -hmm. and then you decide, I'm gonna do this for myself. Like what was that thought process in actually getting to assertive risk management? So I was working, yes, and we all were home, uh -huh. and it was a different dynamic, as, as I'm sure you know. 
And there were claims. So people that already had established their insurance program said, hey, COVID has shut us down and I'm not able to operate. And so as so many of us know, a lot of businesses struggled and didn't even survive the COVID pandemic, Mm -hmm. right? And so people were trying to file claims under their insurance thinking, oh, well, I've got insurance. They don't know what kind, but I got insurance and something should cover some of these losses because I'm not able to open my doors. I'm not able to have people come in. And there was a sad realization that the insurance did not cover that because they did not have that type of coverage. I mean, and quite frankly, it didn't yeah, exist. Not, yeah, who, who would have thought? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so I sat there and I really, you know, pulled at my heart because people are like, well, I, I didn't know, I didn't understand. I just, what do I do? How do I plan mm. and strategize for my risk when insurance may not kick in? What do I do? And there were so many companies that were crying. They were in distress. And I said, I can do something about this. I can bring them knowledge that sometimes is only afforded to those who have extensive bank accounts. I can do that. And I can do that on a project basis. So they may not be able to have a risk consultant on their staff full time, but I can have them on for a couple weeks and get me where I need to be. And then the next time I can call her again when I have something else, not only is she training me and training my staff, she's educating us on what we need to do to get us over to the next time. And so that was the focus of what I wanted to bring to all businesses. I mean, those that already know, they're like, hey, we need an extra set of hands because it's getting outside of our realm of understanding. Mm -hmm. Or to those that say, we don't have a set of hands and we need you to step in, plug and play and help us and guide us so that we can tend to the business that we know and do. I think the full circle family knows this, but I just coined this phrase, like literally it just, well, I mentioned it before, but I'm in my monkey bar season. And what that means is I'm holding on to the old, to my nine to five while I'm trying to swing over to entrepreneurship. Oh yes. The monkey bar season. Oh, y'all, yes. y'all can have that one. You know. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna Lord. write that down. <laughs> monkey bar season. <laughs> Hashtag. So, right? So in that, were you? what was the thing that made you actually decide to let it go? Or are you still, are you a parallelpreneur is what they call it? I am in my monkey bar season as well. Okay. All right. And I just think sometimes my own risk management betrays me uh-huh. because I'm like, mm, you got to make sure all these things are, are ready before you take a full leap here or take uh-huh. a full leap there. So I'm still transitioning. To be honest, I'm at that point where it's just a leap of faith. Not that I can at this stage, but it's the comfort of knowing, you know, my security blanket is with that nine to five, but it's so much more fulfilling to do my business. You know what you're doing. You're an expert at this work. You've been doing it for 25 years. It's just like with me. I've been doing coaching, training, outreach for, you know, over 20 years. So that letting go, like my hand is getting tired of holding on. Maybe we need to help each other. We need to have some some affirmations that we both can just let that monkey. And I really wasn't good on the monkey bars, to to be honest. So I got to make pick one bar. You're I'm, the one that do the, the one hand one at, at a time. time. One at a time. And then I linger. <laughs> Family, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. More with Regina Ruffin of Assertive Risk Management Solutions. Again, if you are a business owner, this is the conversation that you want to make sure that you tune into. Keep it right here, family. We'll be right back after this. Like and share our Facebook page at Full Circle. 
97.5. And she's back, empowering women one conversation at a time. This is Full Circle with Miss Wanda. We are back, family. Thank you so much for staying with the program. I think I should I should start a Patreon for all the in-between conversations because it seems like every time <laughs> between commercials, the conversation is better. But anyway, that's between me and the guests. But thank you for staying with the program, family. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda, having a conversation with my guest, Regina Ruffin. She is the president and owner of Assertive Risk Management Solutions, a company that you need to be familiar with if you own a business because risk management, like I said in my post this morning, it should be at the top of mind. And, you know, sometimes we as smaller businesses don't like, you know, like I said before, larger organizations, they usually have some type of risk plan or they know at least about risk. But those medium and smaller um, organizations or businesses, uh, even if you're starting in your entrepreneurial journey, this is something that you need to think about and what that looks like. So now we're going to dive into what is risk management. So Regina, what is risk management? Like all what right. is it what does it mean? All right. All right. Well, let's I'll try to keep this in 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 general terms and not get too deep into the weeds, but <laughs> I mean it, it is is exactly what it says. I mean, it's managing your risk and what risk means are what are those things that could happen that could pause your operations, that could stop your operations, that could make you detour your operations. We've had several bouts of storms. What if there's a flooding event if you have a brick and mortar? What if the neighboring unit catches on fire and now you have to contend with smoke damage? What if you have an employee who is longtime great employee and they just happen to become ill on the job or they slip and fall? You have to have workers' compensation for your employees, and now how are we going to manage that? Is that going to be expensive? These are the things that are outside of your normal industry type, if you will. So if you have a skydiving business, your business is skydiving. And I think that's where some people, you know, they're like, oh, there's this whole other thing about risk. I don't have time to deal with that. I'm trying to focus on my skydiving business. And so there are things that can interrupt your skydiving business. And I always use this because it's an example of something that's very risky. So if you are a skydiver, then you already know they make you sign waivers that basically relieve them of any liability. So that's part of their risk planning. Now, it doesn't prohibit them from being sued. But that is part of their risk strategy to say, all right, we are taking on this risk. We're probably sharing it with our our insurance, and we're going to pass along some of that back to you. Because once you sign, that means that you are not going to hold us accountable. So there are several things like that that are managing your risk. What are the risks of your business that could either affect your bottom line, that could cause you to pay out in a settlement, those kinds of things. So, you know, there's there's many ways to look at that. Some people say, you know what, I don't want to accept any risk. I'm going to get insurance. I'm going to transfer it back out. I'm going to say it's your responsibility if you get hurt or anything happens. Some people say, hey, that's the cost of doing business. I know this is a risky business, skydiving. Mm-hmm. And I am going to set aside in our bank account certain amount of funds. I'm going to also have insurance, and then I'm going to also transfer. So that is the strategy and what we call finding out what your risk appetite is. So How much risk do you want to take on? Mm-hmm. What is your bottom line? Do you have a lot of liquid assets? If you do and you say, you know what, 
I don't want to put it all in insurance because we don't have many incidents. But when we do, we have enough to cover. Mm -hmm. So there's things like that that when I sit down with clients and we, first of all and foremost, help them understand, well, what is risk management? Why is that necessary? Um, Okay, oh, I didn't know that's what risk management meant, was Mm -hmm. getting insurance, transferring risk, having contracts that say we require a certain amount of insurance from you, business partner, so that we're entering into this together. You mentioned the waiver situation, right? Mm-hmm. And so even though, and I know these, there are a lot of different variables. So sure. just in general terms, when a company says, we, we're giving you this liability waiver, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're accepting, we'll take the, the skydiving. We're, you're accepting a certain amount of risk in this. Yes. How protective can those be? Again, I know there are many variables, but right. generally, how protective can something like a liability waiver be? And I know that there are companies out there, everything from skydiving to maybe tours where you have, you know, you're Mm -hmm. taking people in a vehicle, things like that. How protective can those be? Well, I mean, they're designed to do just that, transfer that risk back to you. I mean, I'll tell you another waiver that a lot of people don't think about is when you park in the parking ramps, if you ever look at that ticket that they give you, Mm -hmm. that in itself is a waiver. If you read that fine print on the back, Mm. it says, we are not responsible for anything that happens to your vehicle while on these premises. And that can include your car being broken into. That can include your car getting backed into by someone else. So, yes, there are that is a layer of protection. I will tell you that your best attorney will say we can get around that. And it depends on how negligent the company is. So I can tell you, yeah, here's your parking ticket or your tour ticket. And this is a waiver. We want you to sign it. But if my driver is under the influence and causes an accident, well, we're getting around that waiver. A waiver is a layer of protection when all things basically go well and the company itself is not negligent. So just the random, if you come back and you have a flat tire, you're on your own. So I encourage people to get waivers because as many documents, legal documents that you can have where there's an agreement about who does what and in what circumstances, it is a protection for you. But just be mindful that there is always going to be someone that is going to challenge that. And then it will be up to a court to decide if who's more believable and what the evidence and facts say as to who will prevail. When it comes to home-based businesses, are there different considerations that those that have home-based businesses? And actually, as I say that, I that in itself has a a lot of different moving parts because there's the home-based business where you're cooking and providing food, right? So now we have this, at least in Sacramento County, I believe it is, right, where they can be a home cook and then sell your goods out. Mm-hmm. And I'm not well-versed, so if I'm saying it wrong, family, don't, don't, you know, just know I'm, I'm doing the best <laughs> I can over here today. Um, but so there's that. There's also people that provide services say a carpenter, a handyman that may not have a actual storefront, Mm -hmm. but they are considered a home-based business because that's where they, you know, the majority of they take the appointments and things like that, and then they come out to your home. So when it comes to home-based businesses, how should we look at protection and risk in that instance? Because we do have our home as part of the business. Mm -hmm. Like, it Mm -hmm. sounds like it can get tricky. It can, and I think that's where you have to be what I call your own risk manager. You have to protect yourself. So sometimes when those lines are blurred, 
You don't want your personal assets to be involved in any type of litigation or or claims matter. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people when you're in a professional industry where you provide consultative services or your opinion, there's a risk there too. So, you, you know, you should have your errors and omissions. And I know you mentioned that earlier. Absolutely. And that's a form of liability that protects you against basically what it says, an error in maybe um, communication, an error in maybe timing, an error in maybe, you know, information that may have been relayed. That is a protection for you as an individual. I know that at this point, all your listeners who are entrepreneurs or, or small micro medium or large businesses, they have their business assets separate from their personal. So you have your legal business, you have your LLC, and everything that you do is under that business so that your personal assets are protected. You know, as far as what you do, there's insurance for everything. Wow. There's insurance for everything. Um, There's there's a rumor that um, even J-Lo had at some point insurance covering her backside (laughs) because that was her asset. That was her, you know, that was bringing money in. Uh But, um, you know, there's insurance companies that are, without going too deep, that are outside of the United States that covers people that, let's say your your primary profession is singing. So -hmm. you might insure your vocal cords. So, So there's the personal protection for yourself to make sure, hey, if something happens here, I can cash in on my policy that is built especially around what I do. And then there's the outward facing policies that if you are serving food and you happen to forget to mention there's peanuts inside of something Mm -hmm. that you've made and someone now has a peanut allergy and they say, hey, I'm going to sue you because you did not disclose that there were peanuts or peanut fragments Mm -hmm. in whatever you served. So there's that thing, you know, we all have to think about people in today's age, they are looking for, you know, opportunists. And I say that you know, I have to sometimes turn my wrist spring. I'm, I'm very jaded. Yeah. Even yeah. though I smile, I'm <laughs> jaded. You know, you have to be mindful that there are sometimes people who are looking to gain from your disadvantage. So that's a reality of it. And so that's why we have to stay protected. We have to have these conversations. We have to reassess what policies we have. I had encountered uh, some entrepreneurs who had a policy but they didn't know what was in the policy. Mm. So it turned out that they had, you know, your your local, you know, insurance company on the block. They had a policy that they paid. They didn't know what was inside of it. And they had a loss is what we call it when something, either a fire or a, a theft or anything, they had no coverage. And not because they didn't try to get insurance. They just didn't know what they had. So that's a component of knowing and, and strategizing and saying, so what exactly is in this? How will it respond if any of these things happen? And so we have to be mindful of that, that sometimes we, I know we all have been familiar with, with the auto policies, right? So you can get full coverage or you can get the liability stuff that just gets you on the road. Well, if anybody has been in an accident, I have, and I had the cheap stuff. And then they're like, oh, no. That doesn't cover this or it doesn't cover this. You're not getting your car fixed. It only extends over to them. And you're like, oh, I didn't know that. I thought this is just a cheap rate. And I was, you know, and I think sometimes that happens with businesses as well. You know, someone may say, I need you to provide what they call a certificate of insurance. So it's kind of like your auto ID in your, your glove box. But it's for your business to show that you have all of the coverages needed 
to do business with them. And so sometimes we'll, you know, because it can be cost prohibitive, and I always tell people it's an investment, it's what we call sleep at night insurance. So, hey, if it burns down to the ground, I got insurance and I know I'll be able to rebuild. And not just getting insurance family side, this is important. Something that Regina said was really important is not just having insurance, but knowing what's in the policy. Mm-hmm. My auto insurance renews every November, so I had just gotten the addendums and everything in, in October. And I always look through to see like what, you know, if anything's changed, because I don't pay attention to it all year. Mm-hmm. I just pay the premium, right? Um, but every year when I get the the renewal stuff, I look through it to make sure. And I, a couple of times I was like, okay, so what's that? And, you know, I'll go in and ask them questions through email and stuff. And they're re- very helpful. But that's even important to do is just making sure not that just that you have coverage, but that you have the right type of coverage Absolutely. for what you need. Absolutely. I mean, and that's exactly what I do. So, and, and I'll I'll take that a step further, Wanda, is that, Sometimes we'll even ask the questions and they'll say, oh, well, this is what it is. And we still walk away saying, well, I don't know what that means either. <laughs> so so sometimes in this industry, you know, the same way you can have legalese, you have insurances where people are talking in acronyms and they're saying things, well, this coverage does this or does that. And we still need one more layer down to kind of understand. Or we need someone to speak on our behalf and say, wait a minute, why did you add this in here? We don't need that. So it works both ways. But your auto policy is definitely a great example because a lot of us who are or are seasoned may have the same insurance provider mm-hmm. for years and years and years and years. <laughs> so I may have, you know, started my policy with Geico in my, my 30s or my 20s. And at that time, my money looked different and I just <laughs> renew it every year. And so I see it all the time where people say, oh, I got into an accident. I'll have coverage. OK, great. I'm like, oh, but I need a rental car. Do you have rental coverage under your auto policy? I don't know. And some don't. Yeah, the time that you need it is not the time to find (laughs) out what you have. (laughs) Exactly. It is sometimes when we do, though. And so it's just an example of people saying, oh, man, the next time, which we hope there is no next Mm -hmm. time, I'm going to put that auto, you know, the rental coverage under my auto policy. But those are examples of not knowing exactly what's in your policy, what you may need, or someone saying, hey, I know it may cost $50 more, but man, you're going to feel so much better because it's getting dark earlier, we're entering into rainy season, and people are driving reckless. Another great thing that you just said is that sometimes it's a little bit more expensive. And people see insurance as like, why do I need it? I never right. have to use it. And like you said, it's, yeah, of course I would rather be doing something else with that money every mm-hmm. month. But it's going to save me in the long run when if I ever got into an accident or had some type of situation, whatever it is, right. that now I'm protected and I don't have to come out of pocket exactly. all of that money. I want to make sure that we focus on there's a population of entrepreneurs. You know, you see a lot of times now there are a lot of places where they're opening up um like, now I want to say pop-up shops, but like a space for multiple businesses, mm-hmm. kind of like an art mall or something like that, where now business owners can rent spaces and have their business. Sure. Are they typically, again, it, this is variable fam, um, are they typically covered under that establishment or should they still go and get their own insurance? Like, you know, for the people that rent the little small. Yes. Yeah. 
So the answer is yes and okay. yes. Okay. <laughs> and that's a great question because I think sometimes, again, not knowing what we have, we're excited, we're getting our own space, we're getting into this, we're going to make millions of dollars. Um, so typically what happens when you go into an environment that is owned by someone else, they will have you sign a lease agreement contract, and in that contract will have insurance requirements. Okay. So they have requirements of you as well as of themselves. So because they own the building, they're going to cover the building and and select items that they may outline. So, okay, if, if the plumbing goes bad, you know, we're mm-hmm. going to come in and we'll fix it. If the, the roof blows off, that's our responsibility because we we own this building. But if you have someone enter into that space and you sell them a dinner with peanuts in it or they slip, trip, and fall when they enter into, that's you. Again, you have to cover your own liability or third party. So that's another kind of insurance type um, description is there's the insurance company, they're the first party. Us as the business, we're the second party. And that third party is anybody off the street that can come in to do business with you. And that third party coverage is coverage for whatever could happen to your clientele. The Arden Mall or the business owner is not going to cover that because they say, that's your business. My business is to provide you a place to do your business. The rest is up to you. So yes, always read that to make sure. And there are some business owners who own buildings like that, that we as entrepreneurs may want to go into, you have to read that or you need to talk to someone like risk management myself or your legal counselor that will read that and say, hey, they own the building, but somehow they have you covering it. They're building that into your monthly rent. And then you have to make a business decision. Mm -hmm. How bad do you want to be there? Because It's not your building to cover, it's theirs. But some people are are being a little tricky with that. So you have to be careful that you are covering your interests and not someone else's. Or you strike that language in the contract and say, no, I won't do that, but here's what I will do. It is a dance. Um, Sometimes with contracts, if you push back, they're like, oh, they read it. Like, okay, we'll let this go. Because if they don't say anything, we're going to let it slide. And later on, I've got their signature and date that they're agreeing to these terms and conditions. So you, you almost have to be your own risk manager, your own lawyer, or make sure you know someone who can help you. Well, that's where Miss Regina comes in and her company <laughs> is like, come in and help you do that. Okay, I have one more scenario. These scenarios are popping into my head as we're talking. I'm a faithful farmer's market person. Like, I love to go to the farmer's market. Do those, so we'll take... Um, okay, we won't take a farmer's market, but we'll take that type of setting where they have vendors outside in, in, a, in a setting. Mm-hmm. So say, again, that person either, if they have a business, say they have a brick and mortar, and on Saturdays they come out and vend at this farmer's market type mm-hmm. location. Does their insurance, so it's two questions, does their insurance cover them when they're away from the premises but still doing business? Right. And then the other one is what if someone, again, is that home-based person that comes to the farmer's market and does business as well? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. These are great questions. And I love that you're diving into this and thinking because um, it, it all goes back to what you have, right? Knowing what your policy says, knowing what it contains. And so in a lot of these scenarios, I know that businesses will say, um, depending on how it's written, how much money you have, 
if you got money, you can get anything. And so yeah. we kind of laugh at that. But sometimes they will extend coverage if you put your carrier on notice. Other times your carrier will say, oh, that's not exactly what we wrote this policy to do. But what we can do is, is purchase a event policy. So if you plan oh. to be at the farmer's market from December 22nd to December 23rd, we will write you a standalone policy for that event that will afford you coverage for when you are at this particular location for however many days, whatever you're doing there. And that kind of separates it from your regular policy. So yes, there are policy extensions that can be endorsed onto your regular business policy. If you plan to do that multiple times, so let's say you go to the farmer, you know, as you're, you're a home-based chef, but you go to the farmer's market every week. That might be an extension or part of the uh, write-in in your policy. But you have to know that, and you have to express that. I, I want to take a side detour really quick. Sometimes I think we as business owners, because we, we are very cautious on how much we're spending, we, we don't tell at all. So mm. I might be, you know, a consultant, but I also fix cars on the side. But I don't want to tell them I fix cars on the side. Tell them you fix cars on the side because they can build your policy mm. that way. Because they're going to say, you know, she is, is just a consultant. That is what we are writing the coverage for. That's what we understand her to do. And, oh, that's not so bad. We will write it and here's the price. But then you say, oh, but, you know, someone stole a car that I was working on. And you're like, wait a minute, Regina. You didn't tell us you were working on cars. I don't know if we can... This policy was written this way. It's not written for this other stuff that you do. You have to fully disclose what you do so that the policy is opening up in all of the directions that you do business. So check your policy. Talk with your broker. Talk with your, your risk management consultant and sort of risk management solutions. <laughs> um, talk with your attorney and find out, do I have the proper coverage? We're back to that again, right? Yeah. Did I tell them everything that I do? Because those are risks that are not being accounted for. And that's what risk management is. I can't manage that risk if I don't know. But again, just to highlight, yes, there are policy extensions based on what you've shared. There's also event policies that can be purchased for a day or two. Those are usually inexpensive. And you can feel protected and covered. You know, that's also a way to, to manage your expenses if you're like, okay, I don't do anything through the week, but only on the weekends. Maybe there's a there's a compromise that can be done mm -hmm. as far as when I need to show that I have coverage or I'd only work three times out of the year. I'm going to go get event coverage three times out of the year until my business picks up and I need to have coverage that is for 12 months. Family, I'm just trying to protect y'all. I just want to give you all the information that we can give you in this, because like I said, this is really an important topic. And I don't think as business owners, entrepreneurs, people that are thinking about entrepreneurship, people that have that side hustle that are out there interacting in a business capacity, I don't think sometimes we think about this topic, risk management and insurance and all of the things that it covers. We're going to dig a little bit more into loss control, and then having employees when mm -hmm. we come back from the break. And again, family, this is all for you. So make sure you keep it right here. We will be right back with more Full Circle right after this family. We'll be right back. Like what you hear? Drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. Empowering women through conversation. 
This is what she does. She is Miss Wanda, and this is Full Circle. Family, thank you for staying with the program. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda, having a conversation with my guest, Regina Ruffin, owner and president of Assertive Risk Management Solutions. If you want more information about what they do, you can visit their website at assertiverisk.com. We are talking risk management for your business, whether you have a large business or a smaller establishment business or a home-based business, like all of those areas. If you're doing business in the world, you need to think about risk and risk management. And that's what Regina is here to do to help. Two things that I mentioned before we went to the break was having employees. So again, when we think about having employees, sometimes we think about larger establishments, but you know, small coffee houses, you know, or, you know, like there's a coffee house. I like an Elk Grove Savvy House coffee that's closing at the end of this month. I'm so sad about that. Oh no. That. Yes, they are closing at the end of the month. Anyway, but I think about little places like that. And of course, when you go into a brick and mortar, you have your insurance, right? You usually in your in your lease, excuse me, there's usually some type of insurance clause or something that's that you correct. need to provide. Thinking about our smaller businesses, the little shops that may have, you know, a couple of teens that come in and work a couple of hours after school or whatever, like Having employees and consider what type of risk, I guess, would be the question, would you have to think about when having employees? Sure, sure. I'm glad you brought that up. And and just to underscore making sure that they are employees, we can sometimes have contract workers where they are not classified as employees under our business. And so a lot of people are able to circumvent getting what's called workers' compensation because they are not considered an employee of the company. If you have an employee, and be it part-time or full-time, you have to have workers' compensation if you have at least one employee. So that protects the employee if they happen to get hurt on the job. So, you know, we all have had at one point or currently have a nine-to-five, and hey, if not for me working at that job, I might not have been hurt. So therefore, I want you to extend medical benefits to me that are not my group health that are coming from what's called a workers' compensation policy. So yes, if you have an establishment that has actual employees, you should have that coverage. And you can actually be fined if you don't have it. You know, that is a conversation, again, when you are strategizing, you're putting together your risk profile, your, your program itself, there are different types depending on the industry of insurance coverages that you need. So, you know, for example, if you have a coffee slash donut shop and you deliver, those vehicles that are being used Mm. for your company should have a policy themselves. So it, it could be either the company vehicle that has the company's name on it. And I will tell you people that those are billboards to the average driver that says, oh, I know that Starbucks has deep pockets. So if that Starbucks truck hits me, I'm going to get a big payout. And that's how people, you know, sometimes see that. Mm -hmm. So when you think about when you have your your moving billboard, it is attracting positive and negative attention. So you need to have coverage for your vehicles. And someone may say, well, I use my personal vehicle. This goes back to what we said before. Tell your agent that you are also using your vehicle for business Mm -hmm. and they will identify, well, okay, how often, how much, you need separate policy for that. 
So that you have to share that information going forward. But yeah, so you've got your auto coverage, your liability to make sure that that guest that comes in your building doesn't slip on the floor where you forgot to put up the wet, all wet sign. You know, depending what your landlord, make sure that you aren't covering the building. Otherwise, you'll have to buy coverage for that. And they will ask you to prove. And that's where that I think I mentioned earlier, that certificate of insurance. Show me where you have actually purchased this coverage so that I can feel safe that whatever happens on your premises is covered by insurance. Yeah. So there may be someone out there listening that's like, okay, light bulbs are going off. I need Miss Regina in my life. (laughs) Tell us about how you work with your clients. Sure. So just everything we've talked about today, and I think we all have been in that space where we're like, yeah, I need this. I don't know what it is. Or I have had an accident. I've had a fire. I have insurance. But they're talking to me about deductibles or retention levels and how much coverage I need. That is where you need to have someone as your liaison. And that is the role that I serve. So I'm an extension of you. So if you are, you know, it's one thing to buy coverage, right? You can go to your local agent on the corner, your big box, and they give you something, and that's what they do. See you in 12 months. What I do with assertive risk is I stay with you for as long or as little as needed. If you say, Regina, you know what? We're looking to expand our operations, and we need help with that. And our agent is just saying, let us know when you get it built or Mm -hmm. when you you secure the deal. But in between time, you're saying, but how much do I need? Do the contractors who are planning on building out the space, should I have them provide insurance? Yes, you should, because now you've got other people coming on doing business, and you want to make sure you're not assuming their liability, right? So we've had, you know, people who've had work done in your home, are they licensed? Are they bonded? Do they have insurance? Because if your deck isn't built properly, you have no recourse. So sometimes it's attractive to go to the local guy that we know down the street But unless you plan to sue them, there's no real recourse versus someone who says, I'm licensed, I'm bonded, I, you know, have a legitimate operation, and here's my proof of that. So you look at a business from every angle. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that is procurement. If you say, I don't even know who to go to. Okay, well, let's do that together. And we can do that in a RFP, which is Request for Proposal format, which says, hey, I want to pick the three best people out there. I need you to help me vet them because I don't know what I'm looking at. There's that angle. There's for those companies that say, yeah, I know risk management because we, you know, we are sizable enough that we have to purchase this for all the reasons we've mentioned before, but we don't have a person here to do that. Okay, Regina, can you come in? Can you help us with the renewal process? So when you have a business Every year you go through a renewal. So if you just automatically renew every year and you don't know what's in your policy, that is a point where you need to stop and assess because you should be growing or maybe you're shrinking depending on where your business is going. So if you're growing, you need to let your insurance carrier know, I have moved into three different locations. I hired five new people. Um, My inventory went up $200,000. All of these things that have changed, that's not what your policy looked like when you wrote it. So if you're renewing automatically, you are underinsured. Conversely, if you are scaling back, 
and it's less than what it was when you first purchased your insurance, you're overpaying because you're paying for exposures that you no longer have. So that's my involvement as well. It's like, let's take a look at this. From a business strategic viewpoint, where are we going? It's, hey, you know what? I just did coffee, but I think I want to branch out into deli and, and baked goods. What's our risk there? Let's strategize. Let's talk about how we can get into that space and not be exposed. So those are the conversations we have as far as strategy is concerned, risk management strategy. Then there's loss control. So it's like, oh, you know, let's take a look at what types of claims we may have had. And again, this is for the established business. For the new business, this is what you're gearing up to be. And you're going to have these conversations sooner or later. So the more you know going into it, the more confident you are that you can handle it and also navigate and mitigate any kind of risk that could come your way. You know, risk management, insurance, it's all a big what if. That's what this is. It's the unknown. And so what your risk appetite I mentioned earlier is for the unknown is what will determine. You might say, Regina, we are we are liquid strong. So we're going to move some of these costs here to protect ourselves. We'll pay out of pocket. Others might say, I need all my money because I am in an area where we're trying to build up a lot of foot traffic. So let's get the insurance. And that's one less thing I have to worry about. The claims perspective, if you have gone down that avenue, let's just talk about workers' compensation and your employer slipped on something on the floor, they burnt themselves in the kitchen, they may be in heavy machinery and they got injured when they were lifting something, they were driving, you know, construction, you know, there's any industry you have, anytime you have employees, there's an exposure. And so sometimes, unfortunately, our people get hurt and we want them to be, to resume to the place where they started. And I say that what they call is to make you whole. I want to put you back to where you were. And so, and there's an emphasis on that because some people want to be better than when they started. Now, mm-hmm. if you if you needed to lose a few pounds before you got injured, I can't help you with that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get you back to where you started, yeah. which is fully functioning, not hurting. And so we all have known that person that says, I filed a work comp claim and they don't want to pay my bills and I don't understand what's going on. That is what I do as well. I work with those claim adjusters. I work on behalf of the company and your employees, depends on how you want to look at that, to navigate the claims management process, get the best outcome possible. Um, if it's a company and there it's a, a settlement, that settlement is favorable for all those involved, and we go our merry ways. So that's what my involvement with the claims management, and that is not just workers' compensation. That's the auto accident. That's the building that was on fire. That's the person that slipped and fell. Mm -hmm. That's the person that's suing you because of a food allergy. There's so many exposures. If you imagine a person can dream it, they have been sued for that. And so that's where my involvement comes in through my own involvement, working with insurance carriers and letting them know that you have an advocate on your side that speaks the same language. And so sometimes that changes the landscape when the carriers, the insurance carriers or brokers know, okay, well, I'm not talking over their heads anymore because they know what's going on. And then there's the loss control piece of that, which is, okay, so we had slips and falls at the door. They keep slipping over that rug. Maybe we need to move the rug. Maybe we need to secure the rug. So that's kind of loss control. How do we 
how do we prevent these same things from happening over and over and over? I have a couple of guys and they keep straining their back. There's training that can be done for your workforce for safe and proper lifting Mm -hmm. techniques. So those are the things that someone says, oh, I didn't know that there's ladder safety training. So when my guys are walking up that ladder, they have three points of contact on the ladder. They're not standing on the top rung. They have the appropriate size of a ladder. These are things that people don't think about that there are remedies for to protect yourself as you continue your business. That's a lot of really good stuff. I mean, things that people, again, me, I, I didn't think about half of the things that you mentioned in terms of just, you know, someone opens a business and you just see what they're doing, but you don't consider all of the things that make up mm-hmm. the actual, like the risk and the exposure, like some of those things. I wanted to mention LLCs, and we talked about this a little bit off air, but I know one way to, or protecting our assets, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if we're those entrepreneurs, those, you know, home-based businesses, or or just a business owner in general. How do we protect our assets, our personal assets, from business assets? Separation. I can't stress that enough. We mentioned it earlier. You know, if you are a business in name only, then you need to file the appropriate paperwork. You need to be an LLC, a standalone business. It's a personal preference whether you want to be a sole proprietor, but again, you want to think bigger. Where is your business going? Do you plan to be a sole proprietor forever? Do you want to set that up now and have that separation? You know, that along with insurance also gives you another layer of protection so that they are not coming after me, Regina Ruffin, They're coming after a sort of risk management, which has its own entity, its own business plan, its own articles of incorporation. It is fully separated. Mm -hmm. It is separated. Now, it doesn't prohibit them. But again, I can't, you know, attorneys will try. It's a layer of protection. But it's a layer of protection. It is a strong layer of protection. And, you know, most people will dismiss, you know, when you have the appropriate Uh, coverages in place, they will dismiss those parties that are just being added in frivolously. Okay, so here's another one for you, Miss Regina. (laughs) Starting out, you know, some people may be listening, maybe just starting out in their business or the business still hasn't economically made the traction that it needed to. Yeah. Are there ways that we can economically protect our businesses? You know, you mentioned it earlier. We Some of us that are starting businesses or that are still new in business don't have the capital right. yet. Maybe we don't have the ability to buy the highest coverage that we need. Sure. But is there a way that we can still economically protect our business? Absolutely. And that's what the game plan is all about. That's the strategy level of this. Maybe you can't do it all today. Maybe we do one coverage just to make sure that your basics are covered. And then we revisit it maybe three months, four months, a quarter into your your business plan. Is it progressing as you thought it was? Okay, because the more, the larger you become, the more exposures you have. So now we have to account for that. I know we were talking offline, but I think it's very important to let people know this should be considered, there's, there's two, two sides of our brain. We think, okay, these are the expenses I need to get my business going. And then on the other side, it's insurance. Those should be in the same conversation. So your insurance coverage should be one of those expenses that you plan to pay every single month, along with your rent, along with your utilities, along with your products, all of those things that you have as a normal expense, 
that insurance should be considered as part of one of your normal expenses. And if you aren't able to do it at that time, then, you know, take that time to continue to navigate your business and build in that plan. A lot of, you know, there's a lot of different business courses that people take. And, you know, a lot of us are what they call bootstrapping. So we are taking our other money and we are funding our business. So if you have to do that just a little bit longer, it's an investment into your future, into your legacy of your business. It's a big risk to me to say this money that I have taken from my livelihood to build my business, I'm not protecting with insurance because one incident, one claim can wipe that all out if you're not protected. Invest in yourself the same way, or let me reverse that, invest in your business the same way you would invest in yourself. Because if you want this to be long-term, you got to think long-term. We are going to take another break, family, and we'll be right back with more conversation with Regina Ruffin, president and owner of Assertive Risk Management Solutions. Again, family, if you have a business of any size, risk should be and risk management should be at the top of mind. And Regina, Assertive Risk Management Solutions can help you take a look at your risk, the areas that your business may be vulnerable, and help you shore those things up. So keep it right here, family. More conversation. We'll be right back after this. This is Full Circle. Like and share our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5. And we're back with Miss Wanda, life coach, motivational speaker, and friend of sisters everywhere. This is Full Circle. Family, we're back. Thank you so much for staying with the program. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda, having a conversation with my guest, Regina Ruffin, president and owner of Assertive Risk Management Solutions. Got to give a couple of shout outs. First of all, I'm just saying, what's up to her sister, Renee? Thank you for listening. Hey, Renee. <laughs> hey, like Renee. You, I only met you up, but you my friend. <laughs> And I got to give a shout out to Miss Denise. Thank you so much. Miss Regina re- appreciates your comments. I love when, when my friends and my neighbors and family and all that, instead of calling, they'll just text me and go, this is such a good show. <laughs> or ask this, like my one friend in Atlanta, she'd be like, girl, I'm listening. Ask them this and tell them this. And she would sit and I have a phone full of comments. <laughs> <laughs> That's when all our yeah. worlds collide. Right, yeah. right. I love it. I appreciate you guys for listening and supporting the show and, and listening to today's episode. Regina, I wanted to go back and we were talking about how you support businesses, but there's more that you wanted to make sure that you mentioned in terms of how you go into businesses and help them in that way. Absolutely. Thank you. And and thank you, Miss Denise and Renee. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, sometimes it's, it's not necessarily a function of doing the work. It's the educational component. My business is sort of risk management solutions will happily come into your organization, partner with your human resources department for your new hire orientation and explain to them how workers' compensation works. I come into your organization to speak with your executive and C-suite to let them understand, here's what you bought, here's the cost, here's why it's going up, here's why it's going down. Here are the reports that we can get from your company. So a lot of times we don't know all of the resources that are available to us through our insurance and making sure that we utilize that, right? So we all like to use free things and we all wanna get our bang for our buck. So there are things that are included that, again, um, if you're not engaged past the point of of purchasing the insurance, you won't know that there are these other resources that are included in your premium costs. I really would advocate that if you still don't know or you know that your staff doesn't know and you'd want this to be a conversation where you are training the trainer, please have me come out and I would love to do 
on insurance 101. Here's what workers' compensation means. Here's what your business auto liability policy means. Here's what errors and emissions are. So, you know, I'll take a little sidetrack and say errors and emissions definitely for you entrepreneurs who are solely operating and you're providing professional services. But there's also an errors and emissions that is for the larger companies as a part of their executive program insurance that includes errors and emissions, directors and offices, employee practices, liability, you know, some of the, and under that falls all your harassments, your discriminations. There, so there's a lot of these coverages that are not exclusive to just uh, the business as a whole, but sometimes your departments internally. So if your your human resources has to be alerted and aware for sexual harassment, and um, there's insurance for that. As I mentioned, there's insurance for everything, and you have to be in compliance. So again, you know, let's let's have that conversation. Let's ask those questions that you maybe didn't feel comfortable asking your broker because they were rushing it along, or they felt that you knew, and maybe there are some other questions underneath that you wanted to explore further. I wanna go back to the compliance piece because that's really important. And I wanna go back specifically to sexual harassment. I'm wondering how many entrepreneurs, especially smaller businesses, know about the requirement to have provide sexual harassment. Even if you just have one employee, there is a, a state law yes. that you have to provide sexual harassment prevention training. Absolutely. Um, and there is a website that you can go to with DFEH, Department of Fair Employment and Housing. They have a module, but yes. it's something that all employers, and they put that in as a result of like the Me Too movement yes. and all that, yes. where now employers, all employers, mm -hmm. whether you have one employee or several, have to provide this. So I, I say that because I want the family to know that, but I also want to make sure to piggyback that you do work with businesses of all sizes yes. to make sure that they're in compliance with whatever laws and rules govern their particular industry. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, to shine some light on, and we've all seen this, and it is particularly important with the Me Too movement, um, and I stress to people, and sometimes there's a little, there's you know, some satisfaction has, has, has been taken away all these companies, all these celebrities, they all have insurance as well. So when there's a, a, you know, the judgment is for $10 million, they are not paying $10 million. They are paying their deductible mm -hmm. from the insurance that they have. And so, again, you know, I use this as an example. And no, they didn't get off scot-free. There's a lot of reputational damage that has happened. They are blackballed, blacklisted, all of that. So, there's you know, there's there's justification in that. And sometimes there's criminal charges as well. Mm -hmm. But just know when we hear these dollars, you know, insurance is just, it's kind of that silent behind the scenes thing that's happening, but it's so important. But those settlements, those, those are being paid by insurance. So, you know, $10 million. Oh, that's good. He's going to be poor. Not really. Yeah. He's going to pay a million dollars and a huger premium or get dropped. <laughs> or, and the, yes, yes. You have some tips, so I'm going to turn it over to you. You have some tips. Again, this is for businesses of all sizes. I, I really wanted to make sure to emphasize that if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a smaller business, if you're a medium sized business and you're still kind of just growing that, you know, these tips are for you as well. They're not just for the big companies. They're for anyone that's doing business. So I'll leave it up to you and give the family your tips. Absolutely. So there's a lot of a lot of stuff we've talked about today, but if you don't remember anything else, always use contracts. No more napkin deals, no handshakes, no verbals. Make sure you get it in writing. 
And if someone presents you with a contract, make sure you're reading it. You, again, work with your, your attorney or your legal uh, professional or your risk professional to make sure that your interests are best being met. But um, I always tell people, you know, sometimes there's, there's a desire to get our first contract, our first business, and we, we forego some of the required business agreements just because we are afraid of losing that opportunity. Please use contracts. Please use contracts. And, and if you receive contracts, please review them to make sure they're not one-sided. Two, ask your vendor partners for proof of their insurance. So, I mean, we're all out here to protect our business. So if I'm going to enter into business with you, make sure I have insurance. So if there is some negligence that occurs as a result of something that I have done, you better believe we're going to come after me and not come after you. And there's a level of that as well. Again, I mentioned the certificate of insurance. There is a term called adding someone as an additional insured. And that basically says I'm adding Wanda to my policy so that if something happens, Wanda's protected too. So we want to do that as well as make sure that our vendor partners have proof of insurance that they can share with us. And depending on what they are doing for us, it may need to be that they show that they have workers' compensation for their employees because we certainly don't want to pick them up under our coverage. Make sure that if they're driving on your property, because now once they're on their property, that's your, that's your, that's your liability, that they have their vehicles covered that they have general liability for their actions. So there's there's a whole host of things that, again, if we have the opportunity to talk about in greater detail, you want to make sure that is shown on that certificate of insurance or that proof of insurance. Number three, use your available resources. I touched on this a little bit earlier. There are a host of white papers and videos and things that your carrier may have available that provides your insurance to you free of cost. So, you know, sometimes it's a conversation, as with anything free, if you don't ask, they don't tell. But those are conversations that you have at the point where you are saying, I need insurance, here's what I need, what do you have to offer me in exchange for my monthly, quarterly, annual premium? So use those available resources. If you don't know what they are, Ask. Ask what you can get for your business that you're giving to them. Four, always read the small print. You know, I can't use any better example than that parking ramp ticket. We all get that, throw it in our purse, we lose it. We don't really even know what that is saying. But once we pay and they give it to us and you don't have to sign it, your acceptance of that that parking voucher says that you're accepting that your liability is being waived. So read the small print. And so I'm not telling you don't park at any parking ramps. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just know what you're entering into because if you want to park there, it's one of those things. Do you want to park here? You're going to accept it. If you don't want to park here, then you'll you'll leave. Probably don't use what I call attractive nuisances. So don't leave your iPad, your iPhone, your Apple TV. Don't leave that in the front seat so that people can see that. Those are attractive nuisances that will invite people to break into your car. But just know to always read the small print because sometimes we see a one-pager and we think, oh, that's something simple. What can be? What can happen? The one-page agreements are the worst 
they are the worst because no one has taken the time to go into the details to spell out who handles what. So those one pages sometimes just are a blanket and it's in favor of the person who gave it to you. Always read the small print. And if you don't know anything else, if you don't remember anything else, make sure you have insurance. Start there. That is the takeaway from this call. We all need insurance if we are operating as independent consultants, entrepreneurs, small business, micro business, medium, large. Get insurance. Have that conversation. Know what is going to protect your family investment. If you're bootstrapping it, man, I don't want to lose my money that I have been taking away from vacations or bills or what have you. So make sure you have insurance to separate your business from you, to protect your long-term interests, and just to make sure that you can contend on a larger scale with people who are gaining jobs with the city, with uh, larger organizations. They're going to ask you, do you have insurance? So if you're not able to produce that you have insurance, they won't want to do business with you. So don't carve yourself out of getting more money because of the investment that you have to make in your business to get those large contracts in the long run. Yeah. And don't forget that even if you don't have a lot of money, like Regina said, get insurance. Yes. And you may be able, you may have to start small, but get covered. Make sure that you have the proper insurances in places. Again, this is for your solopreneurs out there, entrepreneurs, LLC owners, business owners of any kind. If you're doing pop-ups or if you're doing a full-fledged storefront, whatever it is, make sure that you are assessing your risk and Miss Regina can help you do that. It is Assertive Risk Management Solutions. That's correct. Visit their website at assertiverisk.com. And uh, I look forward to seeing what you're going to do in the world, Regina, and helping our small and medium businesses get to the level where they need to be in terms of assessing and knowing and, yes. and being able to pinpoint, oh, that is something that may leave me at, um, you didn't say at risk, I, know, I like the other word, exposed. Exposed. Right, that's something that may leave my business exposed. I need to look at that further. I need to dig into what that is. How can I get that covered, taken care of, whatever. Or how can I just call Miss Regina and she can walk beside me and do it as well? (laughs) Absolutely. Can I give my number? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, if anyone would like to call me, I'm a Chicago native, so I do have a Chicago telephone number, but I am here in the uh, Northern California region. My number is 773-495-1355. All right, 773-495-1355. That is how you can get in touch with Miss Regina. Regina, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I mean, I know this isn't the most popular topic, but boy, I am passionate about it. And I am passionate about about people's business and seeing it be protected and grow. Miss Regina can help you do that, family. So don't forget, it is Assertive Risk Management Solutions. Visit their website at assertiverisk.com or give Regina a call at 773-495-1355. That's how we're doing it, family. And this episode here ties so greatly into the episode that we're going to have next week with Tiffany Sharp. She is also helping businesses. She's helping our community build your business. So you build your business and as you're doing the building, Make sure you partner in with Regina. See, we got Tiffany, we got Regina. Partner in with both of them to make sure that you're covered, you're building properly, and uh, what Tiffany wants to focus on or is focusing on is building that generational wealth and legacy in terms of your business 
and your um, assets. So make sure you're tuning in. Make sure you're following the show on social media on Instagram at full underscore circle 975 and full circle 975 on Facebook. Also, if you would be so kind as to follow my new baby, Speak Her Consulting. So let me tell you a little bit about Speak Her Consulting. (laughs) Speak Her Consulting is my brand new baby. It is public speaking coaching for women, uh, men, people that want to just polish their speaking skills. So if you are nervous about when you interview or you have to do a presentation for work or if you want to pitch to investors or if you're in executive management and you want to pitch to your board or whatever, Speaker Consulting can help you. Make sure you follow us on social media at Speak Her Consulting. And uh, we're working on the website now. I've got a six-week boot camp coming up in February. So follow the, the show, the show. Follow the business on social media and you'll get more about the boot camp that will be coming up in February. For those of you who would like to polish your speaking skills, thank you so much. We appreciate it. This is going to grow. And I, I might have to do a risk assessment consultation with Miss Regina. <laughs> Make sure that all my ducks are in a row. That's right. <laughs> Anything for you, Miss Wanda. Because, you know, I'm also a speaker, right? So I want to make sure I'm insured in case I trip on the stage or anything like that. So and plus, you know, protect my instrument. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Family, that's how we're doing it. Show love to everyone you meet. And I'll see you next week. Peace. This has been Full Circle. Follow our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5.